Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. Billy Graham once said that the next great move of God, he believed, would be among Christians in the marketplace. We believe that too. We want to be a part of it, and we want to help equip and inspire you to do the same. So please follow us on socials at Expert Ownership. If you haven't been to our website yet, check it out, expertownership.com. But we are excited about what God is going to speak through us to you today. Here we go. Welcome back to this episode of Expert Ownership. Today we have a special guest for you. His name is Chad Slada, and his family is actually the one responsible for creating that little tiny, what looks like an eraser... On an IBM laptop. Yeah, yeah, it's like the little clown nose, you know, the the little soft clown nose on the IBM ThinkPad. You talk global company, they invented it, and now he's the CEO of this company, and we got him. And he's with us today, and he's going to share his insight with you, not just on technology, not just on being an entrepreneur, but also on culture. My buddy, Chad Slada. So good to be here with yeah, you, brother. man, the CEO of Soft Products. Yes. Dude, that's exciting. You're, it was, it's a family business. It is a family business. My dad started in 1999. It was interesting. He had been traveling the world, just a quick story, for his company going back and forth to Asia and was using one of the original Lenovo laptops. And, okay. the, and the little mouse in the middle of the keyboard there had a really rough texture. They called it a cat's tongue texture. And he'd come home and he's like, man, my finger's sore. You know, I mean, it was, really was nothing more special than that. You know, it was just would kind of hurt. And so one day he, he snipped off the tip of a foam earplug and super glued it onto the top of that surface. And my mom and I saw it, we said, that, that's genius. You know, you need to make that. And he's like, nah, you know, I, I could never make it. We said, no, Dad, that's really, really good. And uh, just reaching out through relationships, and this we've talked about this before, just yeah. the, how important relationships are yeah. over time, especially in business, building those bridges. Because as he went to build a business that he was never involved in before, he had folks in so many different industries that could help him out. So it was really okay, great. Okay, so what happened? Well, he began to pursue it. So he reached out to a couple of friends uh, that were engineers that could do some of the CAD drawing that we needed to do. And, and this is a big piece too, just on the cash side. We, and we've talked about business, how important cash is for business, especially when you're getting started and just made the decision. He was not going to use other people's money. He was okay. going to continue to work the job that he had. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to take the time, work in the evenings, do whatever it took to start that next business. In 20 years of, of pastoring before now running the company, I can't tell you how many times I had heard people mm. say, oh my goodness, you know, God's told me I need to step out of this business and I'm going to jump in and, and I, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but God's told me I need to step out and, and I just need to wait on him. Rather than doing those two things at once, working yes. the extra hours, yeah. taking the time to do that. So he reached out to his friends, began to, to put things together, and uh, lo and behold, uh, about a year and a half later, IBM uh, made the decision to roll with our design, entered into a licensing agreement. We then picked up uh, Hewlett-Packard, Dell, Toshiba, Gateway, and we've been making that product now for... So, so that product is the little red ball on the IBM ThinkPad. Oh, yes, that's right. It's your yeah. dad's design. Okay, yes. Well, Chad, 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 Chad. Well, you, you <laughs> like, it was like a very big, aggressive jump. Okay. Um, my uh, dad had never invented anything. He called an engineer friend, and then IBM bought it. Yeah. <laughs> So you got to take us back just a little bit and give sure. us a little bit of a heads up. Well, certainly, um, you know, and this is something I've always said about my dad. He was willing to work harder than anyone else in the room. And he would say this to you. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I will outwork anyone in the room. And I really believe that that's mm-hmm. true. If you're someone that God's given an idea to and you've got a passion, if you're willing to put in the work, 
you can find success. That's God right. will, will, will reward and, and honor that success. And that's what he did. So again, he reached out to relationships, people that he had built friendships with over the years in different industries and literally built out the business. And he had been told, this is interesting. I think this is part of Michael Jordan's story as well. He had been told, you know, you could never run a company. You could never be the president of a company. You know, contemporaries of his had, had kind of said, this is, it's not in your DNA. It's not your personality. And uh, he just defied that and said, well, as a matter of fact, I think I will. It worked really hard. Now, interestingly enough, early on, we did have to defend our intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So as a, as, yeah. a real, as a real small company, you do have to be willing to put up a fight. And that's certainly in the cultural moment that we're in today. Yeah. Are we willing to fight for what God's given us? Yeah. And you, again, you know, you, you, you sound, okay, so here we are talking to a very accomplished entrepreneur. Your family clearly is incredibly successful according to the world's eyes. You own the license and you own the patent on the little red button on the IBM ThinkPad. That's <laughs> the one that pretty, looks like a little eraser go- tip. That's right. Yes. That's right. Dad. Hence the word soft products. You see right. what I'm saying? See, it's technically got- soft products. Okay. Soft. So, uh, I'm going to, but soft. to me, it's soft <laughs> products. But here's the deal. It's your show. You can call it. I that's guess, right. You that. keep throwing <laughs> out, him, you Chad. keep throwing all this God talk out. And now all of a sudden you're throwing out, look, we've mm. got to put up a fight. You sound like a narrow-minded bigot who does not deserve a reality <laughs> show or even to be in business. Doesn't it sound that How way? How about cancel does? culture? Come on, man. Talk to me about that. You said something, and I know Larry wants to go back and start talking some, of the, some more of this business, but I just got to stop. I'm injecting this whole cancel culture mm. nonsense. Jason and I released a webinar called Bulletproof Business. Mm-hmm. We talk about building a bulletproof business in the midst of cancel culture. You said a comment just before we jumped on the air about no one's ever built a business outside of culture or something to that effect. Sure. Whatever it is that you say, I'm going to steal it and make it my own. <laughs> but say the statement again and tell me why you said it. Well, yeah, you were mentioning just the, you know, the what would be the, the topic of the day, um, business and or culture. And I just said, well, try to run a business outside of culture. Oh, so you, you, you can't do it. It was interesting. Just recently, I'm, I'm sure you probably heard Jonathan Stewart come out and try to define what cancel culture is. Who's Jonathan Stewart, the running back? The uh, former jo- running back for the Panthers? Uh, he's not that fast. The former former comedian, former uh, show. Okay, oh, got comedy. it. Okay, and so he tried to define it. Well, and he the way he defined it was people basically giving you a hard time on social media. No, and it, way it, more than that. Well, and that was interesting because if that's your perspective, that – talks a lot about where you live and, and the insulation that you have yeah. by and what's so limited. around. It's very, very limited. When we talk cancel culture, we're talking folks who are losing their jobs for standing up for what they believe in. Mm. We've got hundreds, maybe thousands of Southwest Airlines employees right now doing that very thing, just saying we're not going to bow to a, a dictate we're going to stand for what we believe in, even if it means costing us our jobs. Yeah, in a recent episode, David, we were just talking about how you and Jason have come off of a recent speaking tour and you had dozens of people coming up to you saying we don't know what to do we're about to lose our jobs for basically taking a stand for what we thought was okay to believe in for having an opinion that's exactly right that that's the you know jason and like we keep going back and chad i want to sit on this let's marinate on this for a minute because i think people are really hurting we got we got to stand in the gap and actually speak to the real need Mm -hmm. and not just pretend that none of this stuff exists and people are going to work and building their business as usual it's not it's Mm -hmm. not business as usual anymore But Jason and I have been talking about Psalm chapter 2 defines this very clearly. It says, and it literally begins, Why do the nations rage and the people devise a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers gather together against the Lord and his anointed one. And here's the key. 
they say, let us break off their cords and tear apart their bonds. Now, that specifically is talking about the commands and the conscience of God. In other words, the commands of God are very clear. It's, it's easy for me as a Christian business owner to say, I do not want to be forced to push the whole Black Lives Matter narrative. I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I'm not any of those things. Nobody in my life ever would say anything like that, but I'm still not going to be forced to do that. That's a clear, easy command there. Mm. But when we jump into the vax side of things, now all of a sudden it's not really clear on a command or the whole mask issue, but it is a conscience issue. And that's why in Psalm 2, it shows that the nations rage and actually cultures are created. Literally, that's where Psalm 2 is talking about. Cultures are created to attack commands and conscience. That's why we have to stand. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's, this really is a, it's a worldview issue. What questions do worldviews answer? What does it mean to be human? Where does all this stuff come from? What's wrong with the world? How can we fix it? What is right and wrong? Where does truth come from? And and these are all decisions. We we make value judgments every day in our business. Yeah, we, of course. we decide how we're gonna take care of folks, how we're gonna take care of our customers. As a matter of fact, that's a big part of our business, which is taking care of our customers to, to the level that our intellectual property is not stolen by others. We're a one hundred percent United States based company and we ship to Asia every day. So wow. so we've kind of flipped what is often occurring in our business culture today. And we do that, we've continued to succeed by saying we value people. And we don't just value them because they give us a dollar. We value them because, again, of our worldview. We know who they are as image bearers of God, and we mm. choose to treat them with respect and honor because of that. And the side benefit is we get to do well in business at the same time. Now, you're outspoken. You've gone to school board meetings. Yeah. Explain that just a little bit, but you're a business owner. <laughs> sure. In other words, like, are you not afraid of losing business? Are you not afraid of being canceled? Like, walk us through that and help people that are listening to this podcast. Well, again, it gets back to my identity, right? So who am I? Well, I'm, I'm first um, a son of God. Mm. I'm a husband and I'm a dad. And I'm a business owner. And so I'm obligated to stand up for what is right. I'm obligated to speak truth. I'm, okay, I'm Chad, up, stop oh, for just a second, because okay. a lot of people would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. I'm a dad. I'm a business owner. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Mm -hmm. But they can't make the same jump. You're saying, I feel obligated. Mm -hmm. They feel like, well, I want to feel obligated, but I'm just, frankly, I'm a little scared. Mm -hmm. sure. So how have you overcome that to say, you know what? My obligation is bigger than the feelings I'm wrestling with. That's a great question, and I don't, I don't know that it's been a conscious process for me. I think I've been inspired by so many others, um, like you guys, David, just uh, you and your brother and, and all that you guys continue to talk about. I just, when you surround yourself not only with God's Word, so you're pouring the courage of, of God's Word into your heart and His truth and understanding where, where you come from and, and what He's calling us to do in our day. And this is something we say too, right? Christ is Lord, Christ is risen. But Christ has called us to live in this cultural moment, and He is making all things new through us. So, wow, that's so, really good. So this that is great, Chad. Yeah, this idea of, of, of being a Christian is so much more than just fire insurance and, and finding salvation and even discipling others. It's, it's also being part of the restoration process. I truly believe that, and, and Larry, maybe this is the best way to answer that question, is I really feel like I'm, I'm called to be part of God's redemption and restorative process on the earth. And if I'm not engaged in that, I'm really not living out the full complement, the full perspective of, of who I am. And so specifically, when you went to school board, you dealt with the obscenity that was being pushed in the curriculums. You were seeking to make all things new. You were seeking to th make things better. Walk us through that. 
Yeah, so I've been to the school board twice, and I think you can stand up for your kids and stand up for truth in, in a way that's winsome. Yeah. We certainly need to be courageous and clear, uh, very precise with what we ask. But yeah, one of my kids' schools, there was a book that as I read some of the content, my, my child uh, checked the book out from the media center, brought it home, and my wife and I just began to flag some of the pages. And honestly, I was embarrassed to, I was embarrassed to read it to myself. I mean, it was it was literally... Some, some of the most obscene content. And I just decided that this is, cannot be right. Called a friend of mine and I, who's an attorney and I said, is this against the law? I mean, isn't this contributing to the delinquency of a minor? And sure enough, in, in the state of North Carolina, where we are, of course, uh, there are laws on the books that define what is obscenity. And I mm. simply went to the school board and I said, look, here's this book. Here's the law. This book violates the law. And the process by which this book was included in the media center in instructional material is at best broken. Someone didn't do their job in key, in, to keep this book out. Or at worst, it's corrupt. Someone evaluated this book and said, hey, this is going to add value to children. Let me go ahead and make sure this is in the media center. And that's just, it's just not acceptable. We, wow. we, we have to stand up for our kids. That's so, very good. So, Chad, we know you well enough to know that you're not going to go in there and kill the messenger here. Mm. So how do you approach this? Because this, I think this would help a lot of people who are listening. How do you go in and objectively say, mm. this is what we're trying to do and how we're supporting our kids and helping our kids and raising our kids up. We're raising up a whole generation. This tool, this resource isn't doing that. It's not aligned for whatever reason. I'm not telling you you're bad as a school board member. Right. I'm telling you there's a problem that we have to align, sit on the same side of the table on, and tackle. How do you have that conversation without it feeling adversarial? Sure. That's a big part of what I've, I've really spent a number of years studying, which is how to have those very difficult conversations to be 100% honest and 100% respectful. And the way that you do that is you begin with your heart and you say, what what really is bothering me here? Mm. You know, what, what is it? And, and that's a conversation that you don't have in front of someone. You have that on your own. You you get out your, your pen and paper and you say, okay, what what is the core issue? And if I can't describe what the core issue is in less than 15 seconds, I'm not yet at the core issue. Wow. So I'm going to spend my time. I'm going to pray that through. I'm going to deal with God, certainly sit down and talk to my wife, my kids, others. When I've come to the core issue, then I need to be able to, to say to someone, okay, this is what bothers me. And I can say that now in 15 seconds, right? And once I tell them what bothers me, then I, I, I use a, a very operative phrase. I just say, and here's what that makes me think. At worst, you're trying to corrupt our kids. At best, someone didn't do their job. Can you help me understand. Because if I can't be 100% honest and say, hey, look, I'm actually questioning whether or not you're trying to, to poison my kids. Because when I got down to the issue, those were my deepest concerns. You're doing this on purpose or someone's incompetent. Now, I'm not going to address someone necessarily in those words, but I do need to get there. That way they can understand where I'm coming from and we can actually move forward together. Man, that is, that's very helpful for Why me because I don't so ever do that. <laughs> I'm like, I just start going off. Okay, that's good. Okay, so I've got to get to the core issue. And like, if I can speak to it in less than 15 seconds, I know I'm at the core. Mm -hmm. And then I say, and what that leads me to think is at worst or at best. Absolutely. Okay, and you're I love really defining that. your heart. Mm -hmm. Because when I watched you at the school board meeting twice on two, two occasions, what I loved was obviously your approach. It was very clear. But I also love the fact that they knew you're a business owner. They know you're providing jobs. They know you're sowing into the community. Speak to that 
side of things. Like we are in cancel culture and yet we're dealing with bringing a resistance, right? Just, you know, in a very winsome way, like you talked about, but we're, we're also wanting to bring real value to the marketplace. We're wanting to create jobs. We're also, I mean, how are you navigating right now the delinquencies or the deficiencies in the workforce? I mean, right now getting labor, mm-hmm. I rolled up to the Panera the other day. They were closed. I couldn't believe it. I was closed in the middle of the day. Why were you at Panera? <laughs> because I like salads, dude. I, What's wrong with you? I don't know. I thought you were staying off of bread right now, but. No, I'm not eating bread. I haven't eaten. You know what, Larry? Closet sandwich eater. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chad. I'm sorry. Continue. Listen, Listen to him. Tell him. Tell where your heart's at, Larry. Well, I, I mean, let's just get down to the core issue with David. I there know you go, in 15 seconds. But they, they, they said in a big old sign on the door, due to the labor shortage. Mm. Now, in every presidential cycle and presidents that I've read in my generation, I'm 46, so I'm not very old uh, in terms of, I go back to Reagan, but it's always like, create jobs. We got to create jobs. Now it's like, you can't even get workforce right? because the federal government is our biggest competitor with the unemployment bonuses, and now all of a sudden this big push for $15 an hour eventually really stifle the marketplace. How are you dealing with all this kind of stuff? It was a major issue for us last year during COVID. Uh, we dealt with labor shortages. We're still dealing with labor shortages in, in one of our facilities. And, and we have high-skilled workers, I mean, folks that are that yeah. are operating uh, injection molding presses and so forth. So this is not a low-skilled, low-paying job. But they're still getting paid more than to sit at home than they would yeah. working. It's 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 a it's a big challenge. So we've had cost increases and challenges there. But I think back to your question, I think it's a matter of finding those areas of commonality, especially when it's someone with like a school board or even folks in our in our culture. I think we do have a lot of areas of commonality. I think it's important as a believer, and and I was very intentional with this. I you know I listened to a lot of folks. There are twenty different people that can speak in those school boards. Yes. So I wasn't the only one, right? Yeah. And and some I would just cringe because I thought, gosh, I don't I don't know that you're representing believers, people of faith, very at, well, as good as you think you are. And again, that's just my personal evaluation of it. And I would watch the the faces of the members of the school board. And as someone would begin to rail against them and just kind of say a typical line, you know, they'd pick up their phones, start texting, kind of roll their eyes. They weren't going to pay attention. They weren't even looking. Someone, and, and this is also unfortunate, but someone would begin to quote scripture and they would begin to build their argument on a Bible verse. Well, half of them may not believe that, that scripture is authentic or true. So beginning with that wasn't going, and, and they would do the same thing, look down and so forth. So I think we're looking for those issues where there's commonality and speaking in a way that, that meets them where they are with truth and then leading them to the place where we find ourselves. And I, and in business as a leader, I have to be able to do that with employees, with, with other companies that I interface with on a day-to-day basis with our customers in Asia, find those places of commonality. And as God opens opportunity for me to make a difference, I'm certainly going to take the opportunity to do that. So with the, the, the fact that they could make more on unemployment. Mm. How are you having those conversations? Are you encouraging them? Because what I'm saying, it's it's working at least with my own kids. I say, you don't have a choice because you were created to work. And part of your creative genius that God has put inside of you is that you get rest when you work. But if you don't work, you get rest less. That's right. That's and great. I said, so it's actually the opposite of how you were created. You're better off making eight bucks an hour at Chick-fil-A. Actually, it was like seven something at the time, but it's eight bucks an hour at Chick-fil-A and having rest, mm-hmm. then you are 15 bucks an hour sitting on your duff collecting unemployment bonus and not get and just being completely restless. You know, how do you convince someone that maybe has, as they've grown up, they haven't been taught that value? Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I know you and Larry, I know you and I know that you have been instilled, infused with those values growing up. So even in the midst of, of an opportunity where you could sit at home and maybe collect more in a, in a certain area, you would not choose to do that because that's deep inside of you. And I think that's where the heart change piece has to occur. I think that's why we don't have an epidemic of, of even socioeconomic problems or, or poverty in America. We have, in my opinion, one of our biggest epidemics is fatherlessness. Oh, amen. Uh, fathers teaching their kids that value, teaching them the dignity of work, the value of work, not just by telling them, verbally lecturing them, but by living out. I, mean, I, I watched my dad work. Mm. I watched him work his tail off. You know, he was a Navy pilot. And again, he'd say, look, I was not the smartest pilot in the room. I, I did not know the math. I did not know the calculus as well as the other guys did. But I was willing to stay up all night and, and study if, if I had to. And so that was just ingrained in me as I watched them. I mean, always wanting to do his own yard work or whatever it was, knowing how to fix things, build things. And so I I think in America, we need to set that example and to also be patient and winsome as we do it, because Mm. we we do have to transform, I think, America from the heart side out. That's Mm. great. That's excellent. Chad, you're really smart, and you should come back, and we should continue. In fact, Chad should run for office one day, and we should vote for him. Oh, no, he's going to run for office, and I will vote for him. We're going to get behind him big time. I love that. Hey, soft products. Yes. How many people you got working for you right now? Oh, all all in, including all contractors. In? Um, oh, I don't know. Probably less than fifty. We're a, we're a, we're a small business. We run pretty Spartan yeah. with and, our staff. And, but now the give me the biggest success in the last twelve months in the company, whether it's your culture or whatever it may oh, be, sure. and then your biggest at least setback or failure and how you overcame it. Sure. Start uh, with the success. Yeah, the biggest success definitely is delivering on time for our customers during a year of COVID. Wow. How'd you do that? Uh, again, just God's favor and, and, and really a, a team of people who were dedicated to, had, had a lot of pride in what we do. They wanted our company to succeed. They were proud that, that we've always delivered with world-class quality, world-class timing, and, and that's just who we are, and they, they chose to maintain that. They were willing to put in the hours and the work, and again, that's because of the investment that we made into them, mm-hmm. encouraging them and supporting them, and, and the, the biggest challenge is related to it. Again, we had some folks that, are you an essential business? Well, some folks may want to be opportunistic and take an opportunity to extort you for a little extra cost if mm-hmm. they are willing to break the law mm-hmm. to stay open when they're non-essential. So there's the government, I, I think, does not understand what they do when they place some of those arbitrary designations on business. They don't understand how they're impacting the lives of, oh, of, of folks every day and how some who, again, may not have others' best interests at heart, how they'll choose to use that and, and manipulate those, those decisions. Mm. Gosh, you're smart, and you talk about these things so calmly. You and Larry, I'm like the stinking, I'm the burning ember here. I just, I'm ready to fight instantly. Larry, well, what have you got to say? We're going to wrap on that note, Chad, because one, I think we could talk to you for about the next three hours. There's lots of things to cover. I mean, I want to get into your dad. I want to figure out more about, We, may, in fact, we probably need to do another episode with Chad at some point. Okay. We need to that talk more like about the business. We need to talk about, you have got all kinds of questions. When your dad was sitting there considering this idea, mm-hmm. and people were advising him, do not do this. He did it, and a year and a half later, he won. It worked. He, and, and the he cool thing, an IBM contract. The cool thing is, is the what was it on the Lenovo laptop that was bothering his finger? It just that's hurt. It. He just created. He, you yeah. take an irritation, and that's one of the things yeah. that Jason and I talk about in our book. Yes, you yeah. know, ideation is like okay. What irritates you right now? 
Well, can you fix the irritation and make a business out of it? That's an awesome thing. And then also you talked about, and this, I'm kind of doing takeaways right now because I really like this. You said that your dad didn't just quit his job and start this business. He actually started the business on the side. He hustled. Mm -hmm. And we say that's fish in the river while you build the duck call. That's how Duck Commander was built by Phil Robertson. He was fishing the river while he was building the duck call at night. And then two years later, it flipped. That's right. The duck call provided for his family, and he didn't have to fish the river anymore except for recreation. That's how Jason and I have built our first several businesses. Now we don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's, hey, if you're early in business, you just hustle. That's right. Get out there. Outwork people. The Salada family, are that's your proof that the Lord blesses that. Chad, we, we close every episode with a segment we like to call Own It or Loan It. Okay. If you're not familiar <laughs> right. with it, I'm going to throw out a, a topic, and you're going to say, I'd like to own it meaning, yes, I'm a fan, I want to keep that, or I want to loan it. I'm not interested at all. You can have it. Take it away. So own it or loan it for this week? Hunting. Oh, I'm definitely owning that. Owning oh, 100. you right-wing red. I am 100% owning that. Are you kidding me? Why? Why am I? Oh, my goodness. The Not only the sportsmanship of it, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure, uh, David, have you read your Bible? Lately, David? Uh, no, I'm with you. Trust me. God's, God's given us these, these animals on, to I'm, enjoy. I'm jumping on the other side. I'm, I'm not a vegan also, I have to confess. I'm, uh, we're opening uh, up like so a, many conversations, future listen, conversations. that's the thing. Jason and I were invited to speak in, Jason, where was that? Santa Clara, California? I don't remember. Jason has no idea. He's over in the other side of the studio sitting there typing on his laptop, not even paying attention, but who cares? We were invited to speak at the city in California, and there were protests that were already, at least social media protests, saying they, these Benham brothers can't come. And the lady calls me from the newspaper, the local newspaper, and says, why are a bunch of two Republicans coming to this deep blue city? And I'm like, well, first of all, you're going to identify me as a Republican. I'm you know, an independent. I will vote Republican because I see the pathway of the Democrats is right straight off the cliff. So anyway, she said, I saw a picture of you and your son with a deer, he was holding up his head with his rifle laying across his body. And I was like, yeah, it was an amazing picture. And she's like, you kill animals. And I was like, look, I think that there are GMOs in all of our food, and I'm tired of all this nonsense. They're just packing all this garbage into our food. And I think it's much healthier and closer to the earth for us to harvest the earth's resources. And she was like, oh my gosh, that actually sounds kind of hippie. <laughs> she literally says that. <laughs> and then, of course, I said, as God gives us those resources. Now, she doesn't agree with that. They love the fruit, but they can't stand the root. So I'm with you. I'm owning hunting. And I basically just owned his entire answer. No, that's perfect. Yeah, you, you said it much better than I would have. No, I, I like didn't. Whatever. <laughs> well, see, that's, of course, this winsome guy. Here, exactly. Right? He's getting me on his side so he can throw a shank in my kidney. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, for those of you listening today, if you want more content like this, you can always jump online, expertownership.com. You can join the owner suite where we're posting new content every single week. It'll give you a chance to be surrounded by business owners, entrepreneurs just like you who are looking for support, community, people who are experiencing the same challenges, but also the same victories that you want to experience. So thanks again for jumping on. And uh, as always, we like to close by saying impact over income. But you know, having both isn't too bad. Just make sure you get the order right. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>